Whatever, bro. It's making fun of me because I, I love wheat. 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 Wheat with a T. Oh, T. Wheat. Yeah. Yeah. Wheat with a T. <laughs> Definitely. So I've got a bad, really, really bad memory, so I can't remember exactly what I said on Monday. <laughs> He's a fairly formal goat, but he likes to party. Chase. This is a New England. It's supposed to look like orange juice. <laughs>Welcome back, Sonder Stories, Chapter 13. We got a full crew in-house today. We've got Chase Legler. Hello. Daniel Schmur, back in the house. Daniel, what's up? Glad to be back. We got JP, Jeff Parker. Back in the house, what's up? Luke Shropshire. What up? And I am Justin Neff. Welcome back. Thank you for continuing to listen, continuing to come back and hear us rant and... Just be friends and have fun right around the table here and talk about our beers and the story behind them and what makes them unique and uh, how we make them and the story behind them, I guess. Is that, is, I, I, I'm ranting now. Um, today we're talking about Blanc. It's our Belgian wit. It is the first beer that Chase ever piloted for us as a team, and... He's pointing. He's holding up fingers number two. So it's actually the second. Yeah, first one was the Northeast IPA. Ah, that's right. We talked about that. You you did that because you hurt my feelings. Right. That's right. What's a monkish? What? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what that means, you'll have to go back and listen to the You Betcha podcast. Uh, um, so this beer is something that the owners, uh, when we were really early on, the four of us really passionate about having was a Belgian wit, something that we could uh, hang our hats on a little bit, uh, hitch our wagons to, tie our horses to, I could, I could go on and on. It was a beer that we wanted to be something we were known for, a year-round beer that people loved and could drink year-round, could pair with food that, that we loved. And Chase, uh, you can share a little bit about the beer itself, but how much has this beer evolved from that first time brewing it for us, the second overall beer, to where it's at today? Uh, well, with Pilot Brewing, uh, basically I had the malt selected, which wasn't too complicated, um, but the spices that I was using, I was interchanging and trying to find the right uh, mixture of, of uh, spices that I thought uh, married the, the, the base malt really well and uh, also uh, changed out the yeast as well. So when I was Pilot Brewing it, I would create about 15 gallons and do uh, about two or three different yeast strains uh, per batch to have the same base uh, wort with just different yeast strains. Um, so from what it is today is actually the last, it's the exact recipe um, of the last uh, Blanc that I created in my garage. Yeah, you were pilot, piloting these on a super automated uh, great pilot system, right? Yeah, direct steam and yeah, pneumatic valves, uh, the whole the whole nine yards. <laughs> no, it's very uh, 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 basically just uh, kegs that are converted into uh, uh, my liquor tank, uh, mash tun, um, which also is the kettle, and then my separate lotter tun. So it's very physical. Luke was shocked actually of how kind of <laughs> rudimentary it, it was. <laughs> so I, I say that because 
tasting it then and tasting it now, it's amazing how similar you were able to do that on such a manual, labor-intensive homebrew setup to now this beautiful 30-barrel QTS mm-hmm. brew house that, that yeah. we have now. A lot of attention on the homebrew side. <laughs> Absolutely. Here's Daniel, Daniel, why don't you talk a little bit about it and what, is it, what it is that you love about this beer? And I know this is something that, that you were excited to have in our, our arsenal as well, so why don't you tell a little bit about it? Yeah, for, for me, wheats across the board have been one of my favorite styles, and uh, particularly anything Belgian. Anything that's got the Belgian flavor to it, I absolutely love. Um, I don't know how to use a mic right here, so thank you, Luke. Now I can actually hear Much myself on it, too. Nice, nice. I was, I was trying to spit some rap game right there, too, with Ding Dong Nation, the best rap group. You guys ever heard of them? Triple Platinum. If you guys want to look it up on uh, MySpace, we're on there. It's, it's really good. Um, yeah. Dude, look up Ding Dong Nation. You'll find it on there. The music doesn't play, but it was there. (laughs) Ding Dong Nation? Yes. I think we maybe have talked about this a couple other times. Dude, it's it's really good. We were rapping about everything that needed to be talked about, you know. (laughs) Double bubble, all of it. It was was really good. But, um... Well, back back on the topic to to wheat beer. I don't know how I want the Ding Dong Nation, but um, so wheat beer is something I've absolutely loved for through the years. And uh, when we were all talking to Chase about like styles that we wanted to see, like Justin said earlier, you know, we all wanted a wheat, you know, be a Belgian wit. And uh, we always love you know certain beers like Allagash White, uh, something I put a ton of weight into, and Avery White Rascal. Those are two that I always put a ton of weight into. Um, and cheese found, uh, I think, a nice balance in between trying to mimic some of the flavor profiles that we like in those, uh, but really creating our own identity. And this is, uh, I would say, like the equilibrium of balance. Uh, this beer is everything of spice, fruit, and nice acidity all combined together. Um, lots of wits will be quite fruity, almost like orange juice sweetness to it, um, or it could be incredibly spicy or just like just straight up, just aggressive spice. Um, this one to me is just balanced you know on the nose you get gentle spice a little bit of fruitiness um and it just incredibly balanced uh for food wise um it, it basically it's it's difficult to find something that doesn't work with this it's really cool the name blanc i think is really fitting you know i think of like almost wine base to it i mean this you can match this with almost anything we have this in indian restaurants sushi places chili wings across the board it's hard to find something that doesn't work with it it's really really good um, i absolutely love this beer it's fantastic yeah, one of the things you just referenced was Allagash White. So kind of I'll, I'll back up and share that story because it's, it's pretty fun. We were in my basement, uh, like a lot of our stories that we've talked about, um, and we were talking about what our year-round beers were going to look like. What beers are we going to make sure that they're staples for us? And the way that we decided to start that was uh, Jen, Daniel, Chase, and myself all sat and wrote down five of our favorite beers. It doesn't have to be your favorite beers of all time, but five beers that you love that you would love to see replicated in some way in the tap room. And three of the four of us listed Allagash White. And so as soon as that happened, it was like this super cool moment, like a, like a beam of light just shone onto the papers. And it was like, okay, well, I think that's, that's pretty much clear that what we need to do is create our version of that beer. And it's, it's obvious why that beer is an incredible beer, and, and so is this one. Allagash White, for me, when I lived in Chicago and I could get access to it, it was a beer that was on constant rotation in my fridge all the time. 
I tried to brew a clone of it one time. I've never actually told you this, Chase. I tried to brew a clone of it one time, and it was garbage. It was so bad. There's something going on in that beer that that uh, you might be able to understand or, or notice, but me as a, a very novice home brewer at the time couldn't just couldn't get it. It was like this clove bomb, uh, and I tried to add some citrus peel, and it was disaster. It was really bad. So. Even more of the reason I'm so impressed with how you were able to make this beer so well. Luke and Jeff, let's go to you guys, guys that have come onto to the team. You've been able to take this recipe that, that Chase developed a long time ago and turn it into one of our staples, consistently brewing it. What are your takes on this beer and this style just overall? Um, there's some techniques that we do to it that I've never heard of before. Um, there's actually still some techniques that we still haven't gotten to doing yet, which I'm really excited to get them all achieved, I guess. But um, it's a good beer. Um, I actually hate brewing it because um, there's a ton of wheat in it. and so Wheat I, with a T. With a T. And so I always stick the mash, and so I get really frustrated with it, and I complain about it quite a bit to myself. But other than that... <laughs> We burn it out. We burn out a lot of it. So it's, it, it's, it's, I'm getting better at it. But other than that, um, it's a fun beer. It's very secretive. It has a lot of cool proprietary techniques that Chase has taught me that I, I feel enhance its flavor. Um, and it's also difficult to brew. Well, and, and secretive doesn't even fully describe it. Danny P&P, producer, non-producer, loves to talk about how... Hi, Danny. Loves to talk about how this beer has a proprietary blend of spices that literally the only three people that know what that is are you three, Jeff, Luke, and Chase. Literally, Daniel and I don't even know what that is. I have scavenged through trash cans to try to find receipts for it, and I haven't found it yet, too. So actually, what I need to do is I need to get you guys liquored up and like, yo, what are you putting in there? Well, do you need, don't you get some Chase scotch like in your a, system? Chase is like a, a vault. Yeah, He's just locked down. I've been pretty liquored up, and people have asked me, and I have not shared anything. Um, I, I will say, though, there is no coriander in this beer. I'm not a huge fan of coriander. Nothing against brewers that use coriander, but um, I'm just not a fan of it. So, Well, and a lot of people just assume that it's in there because right. a lot of Belgian wits just right, yeah. use coriander. So I think that's... But to follow up on that secretness, on top of the spices, we actually do um, a few techniques, too, that are in a sense proprietary um, to our recipe formulation. And I can say with 95% certainty no one's doing it in Cincinnati. So what, so. Do, those, what do those proprietary methods or styles of brewing do to this beer? What, what specifically to the beer does it do? Well, it's, uh, it, it's dual purpose. It's, it's for the flavor of the beer itself, but it's also for enzymatic activity in the mashing as well. So... That gives a little bit away um, for those that understand mashing and what you need to do for for mashing. And what we have is our some of our um, proprietary. I'm looking at Luke. He's like, "Don't do it. <laughs> Don't go giving away any secrets." Yeah, um, but yeah, it's just a, it's 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 a fun beer to make. It it basically ends up giving kind of a nice uh, uh, cleanness to the beer because um, when you have all the spices and you have the phenolics from the yeast, it's very easy to uh, to go overboard with flavor and palate fatigue without it cleaning out at the end. 
Um, so our, our techniques that we're using are giving it um, a nice kind of tangy, clean uh, finish of the beer. What I love about this beer, much like all of your beers for, for the production team, is I envision myself in a pool and being able to drink a few of these. Whereas a lot of beers in this style start to get a little more filling. And then that's, that's a consistent theme in, in what you all are doing. But that's yeah. one of the things I do love about it. This yeah. is probably the beer I've drank the most of. Yeah. And, you know, when I was creating this recipe, I, I, I had uh, Allagash uh, White. Um, I had uh, Avery White Rascal. And I had um, uh, Hogarden. Hogarden. Um, as the three beers that I was kind of taking little bits of pieces of, of each to kind of create uh, our Blanc recipe. Jeff, what do you think it is about this beer that appeals so much to the, the massive consumer? So, so I guess said a little differently, this beer has become one of our, our forerunners, our front sure. runners. Daniel and his team have done a great job of getting it into places like Top Golf and Dewey's Pizza and some of those other places around town that that local uh, Cincinnatians, that's a, that's a thing, right? Cincinnatian? Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, that local Cincinnatians, uh, they know of and, and they know that they can get Blanc. This beer has become one of those beers. Why do you think that is? Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe about 15 years ago, I think the style really started grabbing traction and uh, becoming really popular across the board. This one in particular, I mean, like Daniel was saying, I think how it's so so nicely well-balanced. Um, you know, on Belgian beers, a lot of times uh, I have a tendency to get kind of overwhelmed by that Belgian yeast and whatnot. Uh, to where this one, I mean, it's, it's a year-round crushable beer. It's great in, the, great in the winter time. I think the spices really do a lot there, but then it's also crushable in the summertime. And, and I like this version of it, you know, a lot better than I do um, a lot of those other versions because I think of the balance that Daniel was talking about, but then also what you were talking about. Yeah, I can see myself by the pool or after mowing the lawn and definitely crushing a few of these without getting overwhelmed by all that spice and flavor um, that I, I think some of the, some of the style uh, overwhelms me with, you know? So the name for this beer, Blanc. I think my, my wife came up with it, I think, right, Haley? She did. Do you remember the story? I'm not going to ask Daniel. Daniel is self-proclaimed terrible memory, so I'm not going to ask Daniel. I, no, I can't say I do, I guess. So after you brewed this beer, we were all, the, the four of us, Jen, you two, myself, and Haley, were all in your garage, and we tried it for the first time. I think you were brewing another beer, and you had that one, and you poured it for us. And you had poured, it wasn't Allagash White, but you had, I think it was Hittachino's uh, oh, Nest. Hittachino Nest White it? Ale, which is one of my favorite beers, too. Yeah, that was kind of tied into the, the recipe. You, yeah. you had that, and you had that um, Einbach? Isn't that what it was? The Viking... Ice, like, yeah, Ice... Eisbach from Sweden? No, Icelander... Ah, uh, shoot. Is it, there's a Viking on it? Yes, yeah. it has a, it's, it's like a, a blue, yeah. white and blue yeah, label. It's Einstock, I think. It's I think you're right. Einstock, yeah. okay. So you had that one, and you had Blanc, and you poured all three, and it wasn't... You specifically said you didn't want to do White Rascal right. or Allagash because we had had that so much, mm-hmm. and you, you, you put little tabs on the bottom of it so that we could make notes, and all five of us, including Haley and the four of us, all five of us preferred yours, which was a ton of fun, and I remember after, right after we had tried that and we're talking through it, Haley said something that just stuck with all of us. She's like, I feel like this beer is 
almost so beautiful and delicate that it just needs to have like this name that's almost like another language, like 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 white in another language or like Blanc or something. And all of us were like, that's it. And that was the very first beer name that we had before we had named anything else. So yeah, Haley gets all the credit for this and that's exactly where it came from. And she's spot on. It, it, to Daniel's point, it literally fits the name of that fits this beer so perfectly. This is one name I wish I came up with. A lot of people think it was me that came up with it. I'm like, nope, it's Haley. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it, it seems like just off the cuff, given your background, that this would have been something that, that you came up with. The beer actually has a, a very long shelf life, so we're, uh, we're allowing um, a, uh, a very small amount of yeast to be passed through to the bright beer tank, uh, which aids in any kind of oxid- oxidation uh, reducing factors with these kind of popping up and scavenging any oxygen that, that would happen to get into the into the package goods um, so the the beer is, is is very stable for for what it is I'm, I'm excited for the future and I think I've brought this up a couple times in the podcast but uh, doing this beer especially with a nice bottle condition on it and having um, you know our cans a little bit spritzier and uh, hopefully eventually in the future when we have a separate glycol bath for our draft line we can kind of uh, uh, serve this beer at, well, and a different nitrogen generator for pressures, but have uh, a different carbonation level for it as well on draft. Why, why did we choose, I'm just curious uh, from, from any of y'all's perspective, why do you think we chose this one to be the first canned beer that we did? That this beer be the first one that we throw into cans and be known for it? it I've wondered about that a lot, too. Thinking like it's not a forerunner out there in styles, um, but... Um, Luke is helping me with the mic again. Too. Hey, just uh, just for reference, see the words on the front? So look for the words. Yeah, they're not on the back side. Okay. So speak into the side that has the words on it. Gotcha, gotcha. Daniel's uh, great at selling beer. Yeah. Speaking into a mic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, uh, like, it's kind of interesting because not a lot of breweries, like, other than ones that we mentioned, you know, Avery and, you know, Allagash, not a ton of breweries. Well, 50 West, you know, with Doom yeah, Pedal, it's done really, really well. Um, you know, a lot of breweries use that as, like, a forefront for us. But I, 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 I've been wondering why that's been our forefront. But I think everybody in the brewery loves this beer. Um, it, it just it just goes down so smoothly. Uh, it's just like everybody really digs it. So across the board, we felt like this would be a good thing in the market that I think people would re- really well receive. And uh, we've had really good success with it. We launched this as our first beer in package, which is not generally speaking the route a lot of people go for a Belgian wit. And uh, particularly in the winter time frame. Um, and Jeff actually alluded to this earlier with spice. I mean, this is something I think drinks really well in the, in the cooler months. Um, and it actually did really, really well in the market. It's one of the most consistent, stable beers that people are drinking in the market. Um, it's been it's been fantastic. It's been really well received. Yeah, I asked the question because I legitimately was curious. I feel like all of us, it was, it was an easy thing where it was like, all right, we're just going to can this beer. And I don't think anybody, it, we never really thought twice about it. It was just like, yeah, this would be a great beer in cans. The real question is, is why at, what, two months? We're two months old. Yeah. Why did we decide to package 30 barrels of it? <laughs> <laughs> That's how we know it has a really good shelf life. <laughs> and, you know, surprisingly, this is a great question. Surprisingly, there's not much of that, that run left 
in I, town, I, not sitting no, around. I, I don't see. You can always tell if you if you ever see one that has a black right. top to it, you can see it. So um, I haven't seen one of those for quite a bit of time, which is which is really. But cool. But if you do see it, oh, it's holding up. I, there's it, visually, it might look a little different, but it ta- I mean, the taste. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. It ages beautifully. There there was an account that had one that doesn't really move a lot of beer, um, and they had one of them left, and I bought a six pack. This was probably about a month ago or so, and um, you know, just to get it out, the, you know, get it out there, and I cracked it open at home, and I was like. This is fantastic. Like, I wasn't really ripping on it or didn't hate it. I thought I was drinking really well. Yeah, so that's, what, 200 days old? They're not 160 days old or something? Uh, it's like November 16th, I think, or November 14th. So, yeah, whatever. I can't, I can't do math. For some reason, I'm terrible at math with calendars. Dude, you're the, like the best person with math in existence. Right, yeah, and I'm days, not great. Days, I'm not great years. with calendars. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> I use I use Excel pretty pretty frequently for math, by the way, too. Yeah. It's not all up here in the dome, dude. No, it's man. All... Like when you were doing presentations for investor meetings, man, you were throwing numbers out. Like you know, we sold this amount of barrels, blah 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 blah. I'm like, dude, where is this even coming from? Like, how do you process that? <laughs> um. We also use a specific yeast strain, too, oh, yeah. that I had to hunt for through multiple strain, yeast banks. Um, and I found it. And Chase was very adamant that we had to use this yeast strain, otherwise the beer wouldn't be the right beer. So we got it. So there's also a very, very particular strain that we use. Um, and so that's, I guess that's the third cool thing about this beer. So you had used that strain in your, in your past brewing days? That's how you knew of it? Just figured it would pair well? Uh, Purchase. Well, I, I never never used it. Yeah. I, I pilot brewed with it, and thinking that it was going to be a pretty accessible yeast to get, and uh, then it was not. So, yeah, Luke did a lot of research and digging into finding the same yeast strain under a different name under a different uh, lab. Um, we were able to confirm that it was the same strain. So, all right, we're gonna do we're gonna do. Um a quick roundtable question. I talked about this at the end right. of all of our podcasts. We're going to do uh, get to know our guests a little bit more, right? So a question that each of you has to answer. Have some fun with this. So for the brewers here, for the three brewers, I want each of you to give me a beer. By the way, this is all they have no idea what I'm about to ask. This is not staged. They don't have any idea. So, so this is totally off the cuff. Okay. So, Daniel, your question's going to be, you mentioned, like, this is a beer that you wish you came up with a name for. What other beer in existence today do you wish you would have come up with a name for? Oh, man. And then for the brewers, the question I'm going to ask you guys, if you could be responsible for any beer in the world having brewed oh, that beer, man. what do you wish it would have been? Like, what beer in the world do you wish would be your recipe? Dude. So anybody can go here. There's uh, there's four of you, three mics. So I, I this, this is Chase, but I would probably do like the the <laughs> hey, <Pilsen>. Chase. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, this is Justin. Uh, I think by now most people know your voice. Yes, I don't know. So, well, sometimes I think when when Jeff, Luke, and I get together and we talk, like kind of you know together, we kind of sound a little bit alike. But Luke definitely has like this voice, like <laughs> yeah. Luke's, Luke's definitely rich. more sultry. Yeah, and he like yeah. start every time he gets a mic in front of his mouth, he like it's like he's talking normally, but then takes it and like reduces the speed. Oh, dude, he's yeah. Barry Manilow so in it, man. Oh, he comes yeah. out like yeah. this. <laughs> we, so it's it's those, all a compliment. It's those damn lips. <laughs> I think it's yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, That's exactly what it is, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> big hips and big lips, man. That's right. 
Go, go ahead. This uh, is Chase, by the way. Yeah, yeah now this is Chase. But uh, <clears throat> I would say, like, uh, Pilsner or Quell, um, uh, back uh, in the Bohemian area, which is now Czech Republic, uh, brewing some of the first uh, lagers. Uh, for me, you didn't really specify brew or blend. So if I could be responsible for Driefontein and Oud Guz, I would, I I'm, think I could just retire right there. I'm pretty sure. To be honest with you. I mean, he brews it and he blends it. I'm pretty sure the fans of this show, our regular listeners, are going to turn our podcast into a drinking game. And every time Luke mentions Driefontein and it's just a fantastic, fantastic goose. It's so well done. Every time Chase says unique, and every time yeah. I say, I say incredibly. incredibly. Uh, now, is there any time. minerality in that beer? <laughs> so much whetstone. <laughs> Thanks, man. Jeff, what about you? Any beer in the world you, that you could have been the one to come up with? Um... I don't know. Like I say, I, I don't drink usually what you guys do, but probably Pliny the Elder over there. You know, I'm such an IPA guy. and That, just, that, that beer really I've transcended IPAs in this no, country, too, I feel drink. like. I've had it a few times. I had a buddy send me a bottle across country that didn't hold up, but the times I've had it, you know, closer to home and off draft, it's been pretty awesome. Uh, so that'd be good. I haven't tried the variations of that, the Pliny, the Youngers, and... Yeah, so. You have to wait join the club. Like three yeah. years to get that. Man, it's crazy. Daniel, name. What name? Don't avoid the question. I see you avoiding Dude, the question. Dude, I've been thinking about it, man, but I can't think of one. But i, I got to go with my old old repertoire of Weinstefan. Yeah, there you go. That's got to be it, man. So. That Phantom? Dude, those beers are fantastic or trash in the same component. <laughs> most most Phantoms I've had have been... Uh, yeah, the later trash. <laughs> dude, if, when they're if, good, if dude, Phantom's sh- listening to this podcast, man, oh. they're gonna be dude. But I'm not kidding. They're good. Phantom, if you're listening, which you're not, <laughs> get a life. I want to edit that one out. <laughs> All right, oh, we're gonna. <laughs> I think we're gonna wrap up with that. Does everybody have beers so we can cheers and Chase won't yell at me? We're good here. Thank you guys uh, for joining today and uh, for recording this. It's always fun. We're recording this on a Friday. It'll, it'll release next Tuesday. So it's always a good way to kind of wrap up the week and um, have a few beers here and, and just talk about them. So thank, uh, thank you all for, for joining. And um, I, guess, uh, I guess until next week, uh, grab a Blanc if you can. You can uh, pick one up at most places. That's such a vague comment. You can can pick one up pretty much most places. If they don't have it where you're buying beer, definitely ask for it. Yes, please do that. Um, Also, if there's uh, anywhere that that you can uh, rate us, rate the podcast, rate the brewery, talk about us, uh, please do. We're excited about everything that's happening up here in Mason, but there's still a lot of people in Cincinnati that don't even know we're here or uh, what we're all about. So... So share a little bit about uh, Sonder with with everyone else. Um, Guys, cheers to Blanc, to all of you. Have a great weekend. Uh, Everyone listening, thanks for coming back. And um, see you next week.